Ah, yes. Welcome to the Pup Sports Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Alford, coming to you today from Studio B, like we always do. But this time, instead of our weekly show, we have a coaching profile interview with Coach Billy Barmas, head coach of the girls' soccer team at Gonzaga Prep High School. We really enjoyed this conversation with Coach Barmas. He's doing great things with that soccer program. He's been there for about six years now and has really high expectations for what this Lady Bullpup team should be able to do this season. Now, they came really close. Second in the GSL last season. They should be able to come first in GSL, win that GSL title, and then make an even deeper run into the state playoffs this season which they made it to the Elite Eight last year. This year, hopefully, they'll make it even further past that. I think the semis would be an excellent opportunity for the Bullpups. They've got some great players that could get them there. And to ultimately get to a state title game would be amazing because I can't remember the last time a girls' soccer team has made it to a state game, but I know that this girls' soccer team is fully capable. So we caught up with Coach Barmas on his way home from the Eastside Catholic game over the weekend. And I had the opportunity to talk some soccer. Really fun. Going into another season as head coach of the varsity girls soccer team, Coach Billy Barmas joining PSP after playing Eastside Catholic. Uh, coach, how'd that game go today? Well, uh, dropped the result 2-0. to zero. Um, It was good. It was a good uh, good learning opportunity for us. So um, we didn't probably play to our maximum potential uh east side was uh, one of the best squads we've seen yet this year so that that's good to that's why we schedule um as tough of a non-conference uh slate as we can so that way we can you know learn where we're weak and learn where we're good and uh and work on both of those areas so yeah nice to have that game we wanted but yeah no uh, nice to have that game early in the season right exactly yeah like i said great great learning opportunity and Always uh, nice to play, uh, you know, fellow, fellow Catholic school. So we played them last year, and so it was nice of them to come over and play us again. Yeah. So uh, when is your first league game? Because I know up to this point we haven't had any league games, right? Yep. Yeah, we so we kick off against Lewis and Clark on Wednesday the 25th, 6.30 p.m. at home. Okay. Is the start of the GSL. Sweet. And uh, how many years has it been now for you as a head coach? It's my sixth, sixth year at prep. That's great. And uh, before that, were you uh, were you still coaching, just not at prep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I coached at Gonzaga. I was the assistant women's soccer coach there for three years. Um, I came there from Illinois. Uh, I was at University of Illinois as the visiting assistant coach there for a season and um, University of Southern Mississippi before that. Actually, my first coaching job was a high school head coach at a small Christian school in, uh, in, in Champaign, Illinois, when I was an undergrad at University of Illinois. So this is my, I think, 13th year coaching, um, eighth as a head coach, sixth year at prep as a head coach. Now, I know you have a pretty talented team this year, uh, but as far as comparing it to everywhere that you've been, as far as high school goes, is this one of the more talented teams you've coached? For sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, my, the team I coached in Illinois, is, it just, it's not even relatable. Um, you know, it was, just, it was a high school of a couple hundred 
students. And so I coached a team there where maybe five of my 15 players on the roster had even played soccer before. So it was a great first coaching job and I learned a ton and I was working with the, the women's team at University of Illinois as a manager. So I was kind of learning the game at a really high level from the sidelines and then trying to translate that into coaching. But at prep, yeah, this is definitely uh, one of the most well-rounded teams that I've gotten to coach there in my six years. And um, so I'm just really excited to kind of see what uh, what they're going to do this year and, and to get to watch them and coach them and get the most out of them. How many girls on your team specialize in just one sport, and that one sport being soccer, obviously? Oh, gosh. Uh, we got a couple of girls that run track. Um, we've historically always had a basketball player or two. Not, uh, not uh, We might still have a basketball player or two. Um, but most, m- most at, at this level, particularly like in the, in the upperclassmen years, um, it's, it's mostly soccer, you know, that with our high school team in the fall and then with our club team the other nine months of the year. Um, just the way it is, we, we, we do have a couple of, a couple of players that, that do run track in the spring, which is a great second sport for a soccer player. Does that help in their development? I mean, because I noticed with one thing with soccer that a lot of younger um, girls or even guys – you know, freshmen, sophomores have that opportunity to play varsity early on. Is that because of the fact that they specialize so early on in their careers? Uh, could be. We've always had, we've always had players that, uh, maybe not this year actually, but in, in all of our previous years, we've had players on the varsity team who didn't play club year round. Uh, so that's usually the big, it's not so much, uh, I mean, playing, starting early in a sport is good. Uh, specializing early actually has been found to not be, uh, not that it's not beneficial for a while, but that ultimately it can limit your your development, you know, kind of in the grade school years. Um, I was a, I was a multi-sport athlete. I was a three-sport athlete, so I only played soccer a couple of months of the year. Um, and I, think that kind of helped in my development in a different way to, to be more well-rounded as an athlete. So I think it, it, it could in the amount of soccer that they're playing, but that also has a drawback, um, you know, burnout can set on earlier. Uh, but, it, you know, it's, I don't think there's a necessarily a, a direct correlation. Um, I think doing multiple sports helps in your, your overall roundedness of of your athletic package yeah soccer is one of those sports that you have to have kind of multiple dimensions uh, you know you, you need to have a strength and resistance background you know to, to get to the highest level you, you know it helps to have pure speed obviously agility and technical ability is something that is you know developed through soccer specific training but um, uh, yeah we've always had we've always had players who have have specialized from early on. You know, we have players that have never played any other sports. And we have other players like Maria Strasser, a, a senior captain who's a three-year varsity starter who, you know, she is a track stud. And so she'll do two sports all four years. And um, others who won't. And like I said, others who had others on most teams that the only soccer they play is during the high school season. But they're athletically, they, they stay – 
in shape enough and they take their off-season training seriously enough that they can come in and, and play at that high, at that high enough of a level to, to make the varsity team at prep. Yeah. So a fourth-place finish last year. Uh, what makes this team different than last year's team? Well, uh, I think some of the good is that a lot of, that the team is similar in a lot of ways. You know, we only we lost only two starters. Um, we had two seniors last year. They were both our, our starting center backs. Um, so, you know, making it to the Elite Eight last year and getting nine out of 11 of those starters back is, I think, a good thing. Uh, I think where we have changed for the better is, you know, in our in our newcomers, um, but also with our returning players, you know, this is kind of just a, a program expectation. The philosophy that we have is that every player from the, you know, the number one best to the, the last person off the bench on the varsity team is expected to get better every year. And so, you know, those nine starters from last year have all gotten better. And the players underneath them or, or incoming freshmen have, have gotten better. And so I think top to bottom, this roster is is uh, closer in uh, in talent than, than last year or, or really, I think, any year um, in terms of being able to put on a sub in any game and know that the level will not drop off. That's just a huge benefit for us, and that's how teams and that, you know, that's how teams last into into the state tournament in November is being able to play a couple games a week every week of the year and um, being able to count on your substitutes to put in quality minutes against any opponent. So that's I think the the thing that I'm looking forward to this year just seeing seeing how every every single player on the roster will contribute this year. Okay. As far as coaching style, what's uh, what's something you preach every day in practice? Uh, I we preach uh, you got to make mistakes to get better. You know, if you're if you're operating at a level where you're doing everything and, and you're never making mistakes, and you're probably not training on your edge, uh, that sweet spot of how fast you can do something cleanly. Uh, so, you know that. Mistakes are expected. Mistakes are good. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. Just, you know, the idea of committing to getting better every single day. And, you know, days like today, that growth is painful because it means that at the end of the game, we got a zero next to our, our team name. And, um, you know, we got to own a loss and I got to own a loss. And so I, I get to learn a lot every day. And that's my personal goal and my goal for all the players. And, um, I got a, I got a team, you know, it's been this way for a while, but certainly this team, you know, they're all bought into that and they will reflect on the things they could have done better today and uh, recognize the things they did do well and, and go forward and do more of the good and less of the bad. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Now, when you get into a game setting, what's more important to you to, to control the ball, the time of possession, or to have more shots on goal? What's kind of more to your strategy as a coach? Well, I think for us, particularly the uh, the former leads to the latter. Uh, you, you do a very good job, I think, for a high school soccer team. Um, if I look across the, the city, across the league, across the state, and we have a lot of very trained and talented technical players. And so we were able to maintain possession, which is great. Uh, and that I think just in the nature of the game, eventually that ball gets forward and, and we create shots on frame. Um, so it, it, 
honestly, it kind of depends on the game. Depends on what kind of pressure we're in today. It, we we didn't possess the ball very well. That was kind of our Achilles heel today. We didn't do what we we do well, and uh, so that limited our number of shots or really good quality opportunities that we created. We created a lot of shots today, but they weren't of a high enough quality for us. Um, so I like to see a combination of both, but uh, you know, somewhat depends on the game and what we're trying to do tactically, but. But we certainly we like to possess the ball, whether we get from the back to the front and two or three passes or five or six passes. That's, you know, the hope is that we, we create quality opportunities every time we, we maintain, every time we win possession of the ball. We had the privilege this past week of sitting down and chatting briefly with Chelsea Lee, your uh, midfielder. Describe some of the skills that, you know, over the years that you've coached, you really see that she possesses and how, how strong of a player she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chelsea, uh, yeah, I've coached a lot of talented players and a lot of hardworking players, and she's definitely up there in terms of, uh, you know, I think just one of the most, if not the most committed player to her development. Uh, and that just is, that comes from her family, you know, it comes from her father. Uh, it's just kind of how they live their life. They, uh, I just remember her as a, as a freshman, you know, she was, maybe the only freshman on varsity her freshman year. And I just remember leaving after training and uh, she'd be there waiting for her mom or dad to come pick her up. And she'd be there next to the parking lot juggling a tennis ball, which is no easy task for anyone, even a good soccer player to juggle tennis ball proficiently. And, you know, same with her sister, Kaya. I mean, they're just, they're soccer junkies, which is what you want every kid to be. Um, you know, they specialize in soccer and have been brought up in soccer and uh, they live and breathe soccer. And, and she just has won the passion that has translated into just a technical pass, uh, a technical package that's as good as, as any player I've gotten had the fortune to coach. Um, you know, field vision is good. And then now in her upperclassman year, she, she was a, a captain last year as a junior. And then again this year as a senior. And to see her grow in those those extra areas that affect other people around her, you know, that kind of go beyond her technical abilities, uh, her ability to inspire and motivate and, and, and uh, make the people around her want to be better is, is really something special to watch. So I'm, uh, I'm just fortunate I get to get to be around and watch that every day and, and try to inspire that and encourage that. And uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's fun, fun to coach and a great kid to be around. Yeah. Now, I'm more familiar, obviously, with football and basketball, and I, you know, never played soccer, never really followed it too closely, but I know that in sports like football and basketball, it's very easy to look at one player and and see that one player kind of take over a game, and kind of be an ultimately a, a deciding factor and a winner or loss. Do you think that's as easy in soccer for one player to kind of take over the game, so to speak? It can be, depending on the opponent. Um, you know, with 11 players on the field, 10, 10 field players for each team, it is difficult for one player to do enough to beat a really well-rounded, really, really well-rounded opponent. So, uh, you know, she, she will not be able to, and any, any one player would not be able to possess the ball enough by herself to, you know, get, get it done and beat players all over the field. Uh, but I do believe that, you know, having a player that is 
on your team that's the best player on the, the field is, you know, that's that's certainly an advantage. And, and I always say this, uh, you know, the pressure on Chelsea is it's high and it's it's high. It comes from her. It comes from me. It just comes to the expectation that, you know, I say this to her and to, to the team that, you know, we expect special players to do special things. Uh, we expect you to, you know, finish opportunities that, that you should be finishing. And so the pressure's there, but it, com- I mean, it comes from her first. And, and she knows that. And she'll know when she has an off game. Today was, was a little bit of an off game probably for her. She created a number of opportunities, including right in front of the box that nine times out of ten she finishes. And today she didn't. And she'll know that. And she'll be, she'll be critical of herself for that. And she'll come back, uh, you know, on Monday and, and be better. And uh, so they can they can certainly affect the games and and obviously when it comes to soccer being at times a low scoring game, you know when it's just counting on that player for the goal when the game has been tight and back and forth. Uh, I mean Chelsea's come up many times with that one goal, the game winning goal for us. So that's what that's what you expect and that's what she expects to do. So it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I've always been fascinated about soccer is the amount of either praise or criticism that can land on the shoulders of a goalkeeper. You know, it just seems like sometimes hmm. it's just the bounce of the ball. What's something that you yep. can preach to your goalkeeper or, you know, when things just don't go their way on a, on a certain day, what's something that you can kind of lift their spirits with? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we are fortunate uh particularly with our starting goalkeeper, Junior Eden Elliott. You know, she has been playing at a high level for a long time, and she's been the starter since her freshman year. And so same, same with Chelsea and, and all the players on our team. She's got a high expectation of herself. She expects to be very good, and we expect her to be very good every game. Um, like with anyone, obviously, you know, humans make mistakes, and, and it's never more obvious than when a goalkeeper makes a mistake. Uh, if it, particularly if it ends in a, in a goal, but you know, the big thing is just being, being consistent and, and remaining and knowing, knowing how good each player is and um, knowing the team in front of you and, and, and like anywhere on the field, trying to set ourselves up to avoid having to rely on, on an, an individual moment of brilliance to save, uh, you know, something that could have otherwise been avoided somewhere further up the field. So it's a it's a tough 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 position to to play and actually Eden today in the game she saved a penalty kick uh, actually made a double save so we were down one zero and uh, gave up a penalty on a kind of a bounced up handball uh, unintentional handball but unfortunately a, a, a an infraction and so she uh, she dove to her right and saved the first ball and it re- it rebounded into the six and the kicker came and struck it again and Eden saved it with her her feet it was unbelievable. I'd, to save one penalty is awesome, but then to save the follow-up to really keep us in the game at that point was was amazing. But that's what she does. Um, you know, she's grown every year, and and she's a, a huge presence for us. Yeah. Now, with uh, with the way that soccer set up, and one of the things I kind of learned when I sat down and talked with Coach Bardich was how tough it is, obviously, to coach from the sideline because of how big the field is. And your players are scattered all over the place, and you know there's no timeouts unless, you know, uh, there, mm. you know, an opportunity presents itself. But what what do you have to then rely on as far as your girls in every given game? You know, who is kind of someone that you 
look for leadership out there on the on the field. Yeah, we talk about this a lot, that every player has the ability to affect the team with their voice. Um, and the great thing is, is that it's a non-soccer skill. So you don't have to have any soccer giftedness to, to affect how your team is playing just by opening up your mouth. And uh, so we rely you know, on every player, um, certainly on, on those who have been around and have played for this program for a while, played for me for a while, and um, you know, the captains as leaders and, and inspirers and motivators, um, but anyone of any age and, and any experience level, uh, you know, is expected to, to help her team by communicating. Um, I myself, I try to find those, those kind of those breaks in play. That's what, you know, they say if you coach a player in, in, in the moment that she's either going to hear you and, and make a mistake because she takes her focus off the ball or she's not going to hear you at all. You know, that, that you're essentially not supposed to coach players in the moment. It's obviously hard uh, when you see things that maybe they don't see, but really, yeah, trying to rely on the players to see things and say things to help their teammates make better decisions. Yeah. So last year, Central Valley was the team in which you lost in that, uh, at elite eight, right? Yep. Okay, and uh, I believe you guys play them at the end of the end of the year again on senior night at prep. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a big showdown October twenty fifth at uh, four p.m. <laughs> so yeah, last last regular season uh, game day for for both teams. So so uh, with could, the could have some serious implications. Yeah, with the landscape of the GSL, and I know that from what I read in the spokesman, it seems as if each four A school brings you know, their own set of skills and talent to the table. But um, is CV kind of that other school in, in your mind that you kind of circle on the calendar to know that, hey, that's going to be a possibly game or, you know, season-deciding game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've given no reason for us to think otherwise, and um, our goal every year is to give them no reason to, to think that we're not going to be the best game that they play that year. And so – it definitely is, but we, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely focused this year on on uh, going one game at a time and not overlooking anyone because we've, you know, we've uh, we've slipped up and uh, we've kind of overlooked teams and every team in the GSL presents a unique challenge, three uh, A or four A, and so, you know, if we don't get to CV in a in a tie for first in the league, then it it won't matter, and so we got to really focus on you know, even still these non-league games that we have left three more to, to make sure that we're, we're heading into that first game against LC, you know, sharp, because that's, that starts with another, you know, another tough foray opponent. So every game is tough, but yeah, CV obviously historically, you know, they've proven that, that they're in that top one or two in the league every year. And so we want to rise to that occasion and, and make sure we're challenging them. Yeah. So uh, LC, is that on the road or is that home? That's at home. All right. So that's, uh, you said Wednesday coming up? Wednesday, September 25th at 6.30. So under the lights, that'll be a great one. We've had a good uh, a good showing of, of students so far, or home games, which is, is great. Um, you know, the more the merrier. So we've got one, two, five of our nine league games this year at home. So it's good. It's a good, uh, good schedule. Yeah, that really is, and prep has a nice field, so it's uh, it's nice that you guys kind of get the advantage of um, one playing at home, but two uh, playing on a consistent field that you don't have to worry about length of grass or anything of that sort. So, yeah, 
All right. Well, hey, coach, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I think this is going to be great. Kind of get, get us a foot in the door, uh, if you may, about the upcoming season. And then we'd love to check in with you kind of mid-season as we get closer to the end there and, and things start to uh, boil down and, you know, playoff seedings kind of, you know, begin to uh, emerge. Good. Yeah, I look forward to doing that. Yeah. Well, again, hey, that was uh, Coach Billy Barmas joining PSP, and uh, we'll follow up with him. We'll keep tracking. We'll be there for home games, and uh, thanks again, Coach. Okay. Appreciate it, Nate. Thank you. Always excited to talk some soccer. Always excited to talk to a new coach, Coach Barmas. He's doing a great job there for the Lady Bullpups, and uh, big expectations this year for him, but ones in which I think he can fully meet and exceed. So, will be your stop to uh, keep progress and uh, in check for those Lady Bullpups and how they are doing this year. And uh, as always, Bullpups, 